Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which Police Radio sent you. Hip-hop artists from Winnipeg, Saskatoon, and beyond have banded together to form Saskatoon Folk Rap Records. The label features new and upcoming releases by the likes of The Gubshoe Strut, Epic, and Introducing the Ghost, the fantastic new record from Rob Crooks. You can find Introducing the Ghost as of October 6th on robcrooks.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, you know, on the internet, as always, I, I feel this strange need to keep telling people that, although everyone knows it because everyone's in the same situation where, you know, you can't do in-person interviews right now. But in this case, you're not even in Manitoba at the moment, right? So this kind of works out all right, <laughs> this whole Zoom setup. So I think yeah. uh, we can get into where you are and what you're doing there in a minute. But I think to start this off, the best uh, way to do it would be for you to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about what you do musically. For sure. Uh, my name's Dan Bjornsson. I'm a singer-songwriter, uh, originally from Winnipeg. And uh, yeah, I do kind of pop rock, a uh, little bit of alternative-inspired music. I've been playing since I was about eight or nine years old. Yeah. And I started gigging from a young age, and uh, ever since then I've been uh, lucky enough to perform on some pretty cool stages in my life. And cool. here we are today. <laughs> and so you're in Alberta right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Edmonton. I'm uh, here for a uh, music degree at McEwen University. Okay, okay, but you're so. Have you are you have you been able to travel much between there and Winnipeg during this whole six or seven months of chaos? Uh, as soon as the lockdown hit, I was uh, here yeah. uh, taking uh, taking the degree, and um, I had to abort ship a little bit early. Par- parents came and uh, picked me up uh, yeah. around March, uh, but since then, it was uh, I was basically home in Winnipeg for the whole summer. Uh, and then came back here in September, and now uh, in I believe it's about a week. My parents are like, "You're not flying during a pandemic, so they're gonna <laughs> come and make the drive out on the on the 16 to come get me in about a week." But oh, really? uh, yeah, it hasn't hasn't been too much back and forth. Just the the two moves here. Cool, cool. Well, and I know you have a new record, and I'm sure you want to talk about that. But uh, the idea that you started playing music as a, as a small child is fascinating, and uh, so I think maybe that's a good a good sort of starting point for getting into what it is you do, because you know. A lot of people start playing in bands young. Like I was in my first band in, in in grade seven, but I mean you're way way beyond that in terms of uh, how early you got started. So, how did this even begin for you? Because you're still pretty young now, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, turning 21 uh, next year. That's yeah. that's even a weird thing for me to say. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I guess I started. I was um, earliest music memories. I was three years old, and then on the radio it was. Uh, Superman by Five for Fighting. You know, okay. the, I'm more than a bird. Yeah, and yeah, that song yeah. would play on the radio all the time. And then it would stop. And then I'd be like, Mom, Dad, play it again. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I love that song. They're like, we can't. It's a radio, um, yeah. Yeah, right. And then uh, fast forward to, I think I was six or seven, I started taking piano lessons. A few years later, it was guitar lessons. Okay. Next thing you know, I start singing. I think the first couple cover tunes were more uh, kind of punk rock. Um, 
Welcome to My Life by Simple Plan, Lips of an Angel by Hinder, which was a weird one for like a nine-year-old yeah, to be sure, singing, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I started getting the casual gig here and there, and um, uh, I guess a big part of my life uh, for a little bit, ages like 11 to 14, 15, I was being part of this... Uh, um, television show called the Next Star Super or the Next Star and the Next Star Supergroup, okay. um, which uh, was for like Canadian children's television YTV, um, and uh, I got to be in a boy band nice. for a little bit uh, with that, which was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah it would be a fun experience <laughs> but, uh, anyway. I bet. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, but uh, yeah, and then I've just kind of been playing ever since uh, stages here and there, and uh, now I'm pursuing it uh, post secondary and uh, still loving it. Well, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about you know the uh, casual gigs as a nine year old. What does that look like? <laughs> What's a casual gig for someone? Yeah, who's that's in elementary true. School? Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess it's um you know that's that's where the mummager comes in, sure, right? Sure, like my yeah. mom still kind of you know knowing people and saying, oh well, my you know my kid plays stuff. Um, I think my first official gig was uh, it was like some sort of family day uh, weekend event that happened at the Greendale Community Center okay. in like South St. Vitel. Uh, and then from there, oh, lots of busking at the Forks as well. So uh, that would come in. And then just whenever I could submit stuff for uh, Manitoba music, um, playing Canada Day events sometimes. Uh, lots of live music would always happen in Gimli, Manitoba sure. as well. And uh, Gimli is where I have a lot of family. Did a lot of growing up there. Couldn't have guessed uh, by the last name, yeah. Yeah, D- Dane Jonas Bjornsson, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just... <laughs> it sounds very Gimli, two, yes. <laughs> two, two J's, but you don't really pronounce any of them right, right, yeah. <laughs> the way you think, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I've always thought of that. Um, Dane Jonas. Jonas is my middle name. It's like, oh, what if I just like went by Dane Jonas and just like wrote off that Jonas Brothers wig, Right, right, know? yeah. Well, you were in a boy band, right? That, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, so um, after all that, I mean, like, you know, the experience as a kid, the experience doing the boy band thing, being on TV, all of that, what, um, like, where do you think you are musically now at your age? You know, you, you, like you said, you're turning 21. What kind of music inspires you at this point, and, and how do you define the type of stuff you're making now? It's, uh, I gotta say, most recently it's started to be all over the place. For a while, I just sort of stayed in my bubble of... Oh, I, I love I love pop rock. I love sure. ca- like Canadian pop rock specifically. Like uh, Marianas Trench was a big influence on okay. in me growing up. Um, lots of Simple Plan, uh, Faber Drive, Sum Forty One. It was it was a lot of that stuff. And then within the past year, I've just been getting into a lot of like R and B and funk um, bands. Like uh, New York based band Lawrence is a fantastic band okay. where it's just like. The funkiest, I don't know, like, I was never into e-piano as a sound, and now I just, I love e-piano. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, lots of, like, horn arrangements and stuff. Uh, I was lucky on on uh, the record to have um, Ben Hill and Fred Warner of the Apollo Sons to play some cool. horns on a few of the tunes. Yeah, yeah so I uh, had, um, had them play, and, uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, I'd like to say that I'm sticking to my roots and, and being, like, pop rock. Um, but I'm starting to get a lot of, like, funk R&B okay. influence, I think, in my writing now and do you think that that's is it deliberate or is it just sort of seeping in there in the background and you notice it later uh it's definitely it's definitely seeping in but i think i just gotta steer like steer the car into it you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah 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 I, I love that sound and anytime i get those uh anytime I, he- I hear those progressions just seep their way into my writing i'm like oh okay let's let's keep playing yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah yeah for sure that's cool so i mean often when i'm doing the show i ask people kind of what they're 
where they come from in the local music scene. Obviously, yours is very different because you started, again, doing this as a kid. Mm -hmm. But I do it mainly to kind of place people in my own head because, you know, over the course of doing this podcast, I've talked to people who are 18 and people who are 70 and everywhere in between. And sort of... um, so. I always try to figure out where someone's coming from. Like, were there local bands that when you were growing up, maybe not when you were nine, but, you know, in your teen years or whatever, that, that really inspired you or got you wanting to, to do this music thing more? Like, as far as yeah. Manitoba artists. Yeah, it was uh, from a from a very young age. My parents would take us to the uh, J.P. Ho holiday show. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, All, all the time. Uh, back when I think it was still in the Park Theater and then the West End later. And then, of course, like moving to the Burton Cummings in most recent years. But uh, J.P. Ho has always been like a kind of a cool, like, oh, like, look at that guy. He's fr- he's from where we're from. What? Uh, <laughs> right, right. So, so it, it started with like J.P. Ho bands like Quincy as well. Sure, yeah. Um, and then in most recent years, um, or no, I, I guess e- even still back in the day, I don't know. I So I had released like a project um, when I was 12, which was a little crazy. Uh, it was it an is, EP yeah. called called lucky day uh i released it uh it was produced by uh aaron chattervetti okay. who i think is toronto based now um but uh he's from winnipeg and on that rec or like on that uh, release party i was able to get uh before they were the landreth bros i had joey and dave like playing cool. my band and that was also something that was really cool when the landreth bros really started to like uh take off yeah they got uh, huge yeah. yeah yeah and then i was like man Aaron like got them in my band when I was twelve. Like I I didn't know how lucky I was back then. You sure, know? yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, and then of course in the most recent years it's been um, uh, the middle cl- like the middle coast, uh, who of course are now you know field guide Liam Duncan and Roman Clark, right? Um, and I've I've just been loving all their stuff. Ariel Posen I listen to a lot, and uh, Begonia, uh, yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> But uh, local music, Winnipeg music, it it's what makes me feel at home when I'm, you know, 13-hour drive away. Yeah, sure, sure. Coming to you live from the heart of the continent, 49th parallel, making it permanent. Guess who it is? I'm the comeback kid. You know I'm coming back then, no weaker then. But this is one great city we all got in Great memories, but I don't want to talk about 
about our recent Grey Cup history. Climate's frozen, wanna build a snowman. Bowman's in charge now, leading the Bowman. 750,000 strong, all singing the one song. Wherever I go, I know hope will never leave me. Even though I might be leaving, open arms will always greet me. When I come home, Same as it was before I'll be knocking on the door To the 204 BDI brings all the boys to the yard Cause their milkshakes are better than yours Polar bears at a Cinnaboyan park Osborne staying up after dark Parts of the feet of sea All these things that bring us together So sing it together Wherever I go I know hope will never leave me Even though I might be leaving Open arms will always greet me When I come home Coming right back to my core Still the same as it was before be knocking on the door to the 204. Does, does being kind of distant from Winnipeg now, does it give you a different perspective on Winnipeg's music scene? I mean, I know you're here in the middle of a pandemic, so obviously your chances to go out and explore the scene where you are now are kind of limited. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what does looking at Winnipeg's music scene from a distance, what does it look like? Uh, it's, uh, well, it's easy to see how thriving it is. You know, I'm, I'm here in Edmonton, and I'm in the scene a little bit here. Yeah. But it, it feels like... It and I'm not. I'm. I wish I could say I was just biased and I was just saying this, but it really feels like Winnipeg just like has it going on. I think there's just more, more hangout spots, more venues. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't even know about all of them, but you know, like Handsome Daughter, uh, the Goodwill, like all those places. Like I think I feel like Edmonton needs more of those. Sure. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, it's uh, and it it can be hard to sort of I think stay relevant when you're so far away as well. Which of course um, has, I guess, been my uh, the way I've used the pandemic as an advantage because everyone's kind of being online anyway. So yeah, it's you're like stuck, everyone's yeah. online, um, and you know you, you can feel like you're you're home from anywhere at this point. You know, does I mean the songs you wrote when you were twelve when you put out that that album? Did, uh, when you listen back to that, what is that like? Well, I mean, you know, you're you're, you're um, uh, in terms of age, you're distant from that, but does it feel like? I mean, can you hear kind of kernels of your of your early songwriting in there that that have maybe eventually grown to where you are now? Uh it's been a while since I've like taken a listen to it. I gotta say, um, but uh, there was a lot of co writers on that on that album. Well, you were as well. 12, lots of guys. Sense, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like like what did I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but there was uh, lots of guys. I guess uh, other music mentors. I'm surprised I didn't mention them earlier. Um, the guys of the Pushing Daisies, okay. uh, J- James Roth, who's in Amadians now, uh, as well as uh, Roland Cote, Curtis Paul, um, all those guys uh, helped me tons with that writing. And I was sort of like the music that they played as well. Like I would listen to um, and try to 
emulate that as well you know like it was it was just good like alt rock sure um i remember the first time hearing them was they did this like crazy 24-hour show um it was to raise money for something but it was like in 2000 2009 2010 um and they they did this show of 24 24 hours straight just outside the gas station theater um and then, I think I remember that. I remember I didn't I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch it, but I remember hearing about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Who who else was there? I think like Flo was there. Okay. Um Floor 13. It was it was a wild show. Um And you would have been what? Like 10, 9? <laughs> I, I was actually this is kind of a funny story that I've I don't think I've ever told this one, okay. but uh yeah, I was I was 10 or 9. Um Roland Cote, uh singer of the Pushing Daisies, who like I hadn't like met personally, so I was just looking at him as the guy on stage, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh I'm I'm sitting near the sound booth because I think my dad's talking to the to the guy running the show, and then Roland at this point he, he like kind of puts a thumbs up. He goes like this, yeah, and he's of course you know like pointing at his monitor like ah oh, I could use more voice or whatever, but I was just like me thumbs up hey <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> gave the thumbs thumbs up back to him. I don't even think I've told him that story. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, but of course then like shortly after that. Uh, was when it was like, oh, hey, like, uh, I'm I'm a aspiring musician. I want to write, and yeah. then we wrote songs, and they they were really great about uh, helping me write songs about stuff that I knew. Uh, you know, it was um, songs about, oh, I can't wait for the weekend. Like like screw school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the yeah that that EP was called Lucky Day. There's a song called Lucky Day. Just like, hey, things are going great, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sing about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, but, uh, my my own kids are seven and eleven years old, so I can completely imagine the type of subject matter that you know that you would have been writing about at the time for sure. Like it's it's so I mean, yeah. <laughs> just like you have the whole career behind you at your young age, you have this whole career behind you of having performed for like a decade, basically, right? I mean, so have you felt the need now that you're now that you're an adult, now that you've released new music? You know, have you felt the need to reinvent yourself? Like, have you felt the need to say this is this is who I am as an adult performer versus Oh, this is the the kid who was on stage that people might remember from, yeah. you know. And you know, not to say that I ever went through like that that child star. Yeah, no, it wasn't implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no. <laughs> but, but like, <laughs> it, it it definitely it definitely felt like, um, you know, after the days on the next star, and then sort of in between like the next star and twenty twenty, like this yeah. year, I had released like a few little, just like completely independent projects, uh, a couple like Christmas slash holiday theme songs. Sure. Like this one kind of love song I wrote to Winnipeg um, in 2018. It was called the 204, and I like I rapped in the second verse. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and and you know, not to say that that wasn't on brand, but it definitely it wasn't me being like as as authentic as I I feel like I could be. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I've always been about like not taking myself too seriously, but at the same time, I wanted to have just sort of like a. I don't know, just like like a, a piece of art, truly from from me, like from my heart, uh, out into the world, and I and that's kind of what this this record was, and that's why I felt like I just had to get it out. I was, I was like, you know, I've I've written these songs; they're you know slightly more, I guess, mature themes, while at the same time staying under that kind of pop, you know, friendly teen umbrella, sure, you know. Yeah. But um, but I I felt like this this would have been like the if I were to establish one point in my life where it's like oh when 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 do you feel like you you went for a rebrand or like reinvented yourself like it was during this album release could you give me a reason to stay here because you're 
given me too many to go Another fight every night that never clears I'm giving up and letting you go I'm assured self-assuredness is absent Cause I, I don't feel pretty no more If I stay then I know I'll stay quiet Or you'll lose your self-control Now I'm stuck arguing with myself Feeling for someone else When I should feel right here Denying every fear I'm becoming untrue Can't look at no one new When I'm still over here Unloving you day when you say that you love me It's a disguise for don't you dare leave How many more apologies Do I gotta accept and attempt to mend what I don't believe in Now I'm stuck arguing with myself Feeling for someone else should feel right here Denying every fear I'm becoming untrue Can't look at no one new When I'm still over here Unloving you So sorry, this was never what I wanted Every day I live, I'm haunted Cause you're the one I thought I wanted Heartbreak's never been so chronic Hurts worse when you know it's honest Can't help, can't seem to stop touched on this earlier but the pandemic's in full swing right now i, I know alberta's yeah, bad no as, as is manitoba and, and yeah. i mean so 
when did the album actually come out? Like, it was fairly recently, right? Yeah, it was November 27th. So that's, yeah, I mean, what was that, like, experience of, of putting out this record, which, again, is sort of like, this is you as an adult, your genuine kind of expression uh, of where you are now, and then it's happening in the middle of this weirdest time in uh, anyone's lives who's alive right now, right? So what was that experience like? Sam, I want to put on a CD release party so bad. I believe it, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I want to just find a budget somewhere and hire the horns, hire the strings, hire the choir. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's been it's been uh, de- definitely difficult. I mean, I forget what it was like to release a full album before, before like pre-pandemic. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, because you were twelve um, last time it happened, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. my my parents were doing the Photoshop job for the poster. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh. I, I will say the amount of su- like support and love that I've seen online for it has been just overwhelming and lovely. That's awesome. And I still I had a Snapchat from a, a friend today where he was just like listening to the title track, wondering. He was like, "I love that string sound. How did you get that string sound?" He's in the recording major with me. I was like, oh, "Well, <laughs> I I hired I hired some players. Like those are those are as real as like as it gets, you know, real yeah, yeah. strings." But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it sucks that I can't be out there and, and performing, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, the the support and everything that I've seen, all the uh, all the things that people have been saying have have been very lovely about it. So that's, that's good. That's been nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a, a good thing to happen, I guess. In it's such an uncertain time, right? At least you know yeah. people are, are digging the record and they're listening to it. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So wh- where do you go from here, though? I mean, like you know. You have this album out. People are people are liking it. People are listening to it. You're getting good feedback. But we're in a weird situation where no one knows when this is going to end. When shows are going to happen again. When anything's going to happen again, really. Mm, yeah. And so, like, what's sort of the next step for you then with this album? Because you don't know when you can have a release show. Mm-hmm. How are you? You have this body of work that's out now. I don't want to say how you're promoting it, but how are you sort of you know making sure that it gets to the right ears in the sense of you know developing what your audience is now versus your audience as a child performer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely got, like, a, a few plans uh, to just kind of keep keep the hype kind of going. I've got... Uh, <laughs> I bought a green screen a okay. few months nice. ago. Nice, nice. And uh, the second single uh, off the record was called Competition, which is just kind of like... It, it was, like, my one, like, like slightly petty breakup song. Okay. I was like, if, Char- if Charlie Puth was going to write a, a petty breakup song, how would he write it? And I tried to emulate as much Charlie Puth in that song as I could. Um, but at the same time, it's, like, still lighthearted. You can, like, you can kind of walk to the song. Um, <laughs> y- you know, it's it's one of those tunes. Um, but uh, it is, yeah, with that green screen, I'm going to just make some sort of ridiculous music video out cool. of it. Uh, and I think, and, and that'll be just a nice way to kind of have, like, another wave of, like, social media stuff and, like, yeah. everything to share. Uh, making a ridiculous music video, uh, as well as, I don't know, I've got, like, some good, rec- like, home recording stuff. I want to do some sort of, like, demos EP where I take, uh, like, two or three of the tunes and, like, strip them down a little bit more. Cool. And then, you know, release that sometime next year. Cool. I'll uh, be nice. You know, just, so to, you still uh, just to keep stuff churning out. There's always, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah the, 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 there's stuff that, that can, that can uh, still come of it. And uh, I'm really excited to work on those projects and get that cool. out there. Again, like... Editing with a green screen is so much fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yep. So, you know, the whole the whole part about marketing yourself and, and selling selling yourself, basically, I mean, online, 
thankfully is the way that people are doing that the most right now and that's kind of all anyone has because <laughs> you can't yeah. go put posters in a poll without wearing a mask and but you know whatever but so i mean um you i think you might have an advantage in the sense that you've a been doing this for a lot longer than most of your peers because you were doing it as a kid and also you're growing up in a world where internet self-promotion is is the way people communicate. I mean, like, you know, I've, I haven't played in a band in forever, but I'm, I'm 38. So I'm, I'm, you know, quite a bit older than you. And when I was starting in bands as a teenager, like there was no internet that, that anyone, the way we know it now. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of jealous actually of kind of the ability that you have and people in your generation have too to be able to just get out there and record something and put it online immediately and send it to people all around the world immediately. And, and so I imagine you must have, you know, maybe a leg up on some older artists in the sense that you have come up in this world and you probably have a lot of first-hand experience. Yeah. It, it's something that I've, I've really enjoyed about the whole DIY of it all. Yeah. Is, um, I, like I think this microphone I bought, like when I was 14 or something, 15 and it was because one of my favorite YouTubers had it. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. I was like green and gold microphone. What is it? <laughs> and then they were like AKG C12 or like that super like expensive, uh, um, discontinued mic uh but then i found out the model of this one and then i bought it my parents got me my interface for cool. christmas at uh you know and then with that it was just plug and play how do things work and uh it was just kind of seeing things online how does that work make it happen uh and it's been the same thing with like my music production as it has been like my video production yeah. as well and that's that's something that i've i've been pretty proud of and like that uh uh, that whole progression. And that's why I like to, I don't really private anything on my YouTube channel that there's stuff that I'm like, not super proud of, but I don't know for other people that want to kind of see the progression of it all too. Yeah. It's the uh, leave up there. That's actually something that Heidi Corte, my, uh, my vocal coach from back home who was on the show. She was. How yeah. long? Uh, a few weeks ago? It's a few weeks ago. Yeah, I do. I put out two a week. So it's, mm-hmm. it seems like it's been a while ago, but it wasn't that long. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, uh, but she, she says, it's like, you know, whenever I want to show kids, progression i my students progression I, I go to your youtube channel because you know you have the the videos back in the day where you were still rocking a lisp and uh <laughs> stuff like that you know but um but yeah that, that's why i just sort of keep it all, all up there youtube has been a great tool for me yeah to learn how to do all that production and then of course nowadays it's it's tiktok and that's something that i've very recently been extremely active on okay okay <laughs> And uh, I don't know, I'm riding off the wave of kind of looking like Drake Bell from Drake, Drake and Josh, and TikTok seems to be loving that. See, I don't even, uh, know, I don't even know what that is, but I, I assume that's something popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Drake Bell, was he in anything uh, before I'm probably that? not going to know. know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But yeah, That's no, okay. <laughs> I'm not oblivious. I see the other guys that you've been talking up It comes to no surprise just how you're giving up Lowering your standards for anyone else but me But I won't say a thing To fight it makes me show that I've been wondering How fast you moved on with no time in between Cause right now you'll settle for anyone else but me I don't wanna play this game anymore Won't even bother keeping a score Thought that we were coming to peace But you're making this a war Cause I know you needed me You were all I ever 
dreamed But what I saw on the surface wasn't quite what it seemed Cause you're making this a competition Feels like you're on a mission Go in the distance to show me what I'm missing Competition Not showing any sense of slipping You wanna win it Have me crawling back to you On my knees and begging you Got me second guessing Feels like you're on a mission Cause you're making this You're making this a competition Feels like you're on a mission Cause you're making this a competition Stepping in each other's boundaries, boundaries. Space is hard to keep when you're surrounding me, surrounding me. I can't seem to carry on a day without seeing you. Constantly waving to my friends and looking right through me, like you're tight with them, but you just wanna be. It never used to be this way. Now you're just someone new. Play this game anymore Won't even bother keeping a score Thought that we were coming to peace But you're making this a war Cause I know you needed me You were all I ever dreamed But what I saw on the surface Wasn't quite what it seemed Cause you're making this a competition Feels like you're on a mission Go in the distance To show me what I'm missing Competition Showing any sense of slipping, you wanna win and help me crawling back to you. On my knees and begging you, got me second guessing. Feels like you're on a mission, cause you're making this, you're making this a competition. Feels like you're on a mission, cause you're making this a competition. the idea of, of keeping everything and, and not immediately hiding something when you think you've done something better because uh, one of the pro- one of the biggest things that the reasons that I support that is be- with all my bands too everything I've ever had recorded or any photos taken or videos I put them all online and they're all still there not all of them are great some of them are just absolutely brutal but I, I think that like growing up when there wasn't an internet and all these great recordings of bands that people had on VHS or whatever mm-hmm. or on tape are just gone 
because no one bothered to digitize them or, or put them online. And I think that now there's a perfect opportunity for so many people to just record everything and have it all available because I can't go back and find, you know, um, a bunch of demos by some band I liked in 95 unless I have the tape. And I probably do have the yeah. tape because I hoard it, but <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like it's it's not it's not easily accessible, and that sucks. And and it just seems like you know when I see bands taking stuff down, it's like no, you should keep that because someone yeah. who maybe missed you the first time around and didn't see you live or didn't hear that when it first came out, they might want to check it out twenty years from now. And if it's still floating around online, there's that kind of history of the local music scene that people can kind of cobble together. And I think it's important to have that stuff out there. And that's that's also what I love about this show, by the way. Like the fact like the fact that the uh, your main descriptor is like, oh, it's just like a musical archive for local music in Winnipeg. I was like, I love that. That's kind like, of the th- point. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. But uh, I, it, it also has me thinking about. Um, pretty recently, I this will be a pretty Winnipeg niche uh, story. But um, growing up, we always called him the Burning Ring of Fire guy. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think you might yeah, know yeah. who I'm talking about. Yeah, Eric. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Eric, and that was yeah. uh, his name that I had learned very recently when yeah. I saw some sort of global uh, segment about him from a couple of years ago. But I learned he was Eric the Great, and yep. I learned that he was, like, a lead singer of a band, and I tried to look for that band and, like, look for their music, and I think I found, like, one video. Yeah, yeah, and the I, rest is know, just gone but, forever, right? Yeah, I know, and and I'm, I'm thinking, what a shame, like, I was really digging, like, the one tune that I heard, where's where's the rest of that record, you yeah. know? And now you can, now a band in the same position can put everything online, and, and hopefully if they leave it there, it can stay there and be found and, and discovered by the next generation who might be interested in mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I, yeah. I, I definitely respect that, because I know I do know a lot of artists who just take stuff down immediately. They feel like they've done a better version, and it's just, I, I kind of, I want to like shake them, no, stop, this is, there, there's a value to this, there's some kind of value to this, whether you see it or not right now. Like, Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, well, and, and you talk about, like, the next generation discovering it, and uh, <laughs> this is a very funny story, and it has to do with TikTok, okay. um, but the band Simple Plan, yep. uh, who had released the song I'm Just a Kid in, okay. what, 2002, um, and, you know, it was it was big at the time, and, of course, I knew it as a Simple Plan fan growing up, but there was a TikTok challenge that became very relevant using their song, uh, where, like, people would, like, get into the pose, recreate the child photo. Okay. And then they would, like, flash to the child photo on the I'm just a kid chorus. And because of that TikTok challenge, 18 years later, the single goes, like, platinum in the States. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's it's uh, just the way that, that the internet technology, social media works. Yeah. Uh, it's it's such a great way to, to share music and let music be heard. Well, maybe a question to jump off that is because, you know, everyone and their dog can release music and put it online, which I think is fantastic. But... There's so many people putting stuff out there. There's so much content out there. How do you get yourself heard above the crowd of everyone else doing this? And not to say that everyone else is doing the exact same thing as you or that it's better or worse, but just like it's a massive amount of people producing music is like, how does someone find you, right? Like, how do you make yourself heard mm-hmm. above the noise? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that I've thought about very actively, uh, you <laughs> know, because uh, I'm, I'm not the only you know, Caucasian 20 year old male, <laughs> no, no, definitely not singer songwriter. You know, there's, yeah. there's very many of us. <laughs> um, but I think, I think that I, I'll have, um, there's definitely a bit of a, a step up with just having done it for so long, as well as the whole, um, uh, next star stuff and YTV. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I think, I think nowadays it's, it's so much about, you know, personality and the connection and people, wanting to know who you are and you know that's why daily vloggers on youtube are so successful yeah definitely it's because definitely. P- people you know people are invested 
in you um, as if it's like a story, as if it's some sort of TV show almost, yeah. uh, is, is how social media makes it seem, at least. So I, th- I think making yourself as accessible as you can and kind of constantly promoting or constantly being on social media, which can also be so evil at the same time because I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been thinking about taking like a social media um, break for like a month or something just to see what it would do for me. But then it's like, Oh no, you released an album. So you, you gotta be you on there. can yeah. do that. <laughs> gotta, gotta be talking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, do you think that yeah, that's just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's, it's just constant, constant uh, creation and, and being, being uh, consistent on social media, I think is, is how that works, you know? Well, I think you're right about, about, about that and about the fact that, like, people do become sort of, not obsessed, but they, they get really, really into people's lives on social media, especially that YouTube stuff, right? They're watching someone mm-hmm. every single day for years and they've, they've developed this connection and that's obviously a way artists do it as well. But do you feel like it, is there a chance of kind of giving away some of the mystique of being a creative person when everything you do is when you're constantly speaking to the audience, right? Because, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you go back and listen to a record from even 20 years ago, and unless you're really digging around for interviews with the artists, you don't know too much about them. You, you try to figure out what the words mean, and, and you can come up with your own ideas based on that, or print interviews and stuff, but there's definitely kind of a uh, a detachment from the artist and the audience. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think there's an argument mm-hmm. for either way, but yeah. I feel like the way people are doing it now is... is First of all, it's great, and I understand completely why people are choosing to kind of be super, super involved with the crowd, you know, on a one-to-one level, even online. But, I don't know, I always wonder if there's a chance of, of any mystique of being, like, an artist gets sucked out of it. And that's, I feel like that's what it used to be, at least, you know? Like, again, like you said, yeah, social media didn't exist. You know, who knows what Led Zeppelin was doing after right. Right. Their performances—they weren't live streaming on Instagram, you know. Yeah. they would <laughs> like, be now, uh, though, right? If, if, if they were, if they were oh, around now, they would be. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and it's it's been cool, uh, sort of following those bands that uh, that are still super active nowadays, and then the bands or, or that that are still super active now that like started in like the early two thousands. Totally, yeah. you know, and, and and that's a lot of the bands that I grew up listening to, um, like Mariana's Trench, for instance. I know. Uh, like 2006, I think their debut record came out. Okay, and there's not a ton on it. There's like some things on social media, maybe a couple of YouTube videos. But now, like they just released a new album last year, and they have a documentary about it. Right, right. Because you can do that you now. Know? You just put it online, and there it is. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's um, uh, important to keep a mystique for sure. And I know Josh Ramsey of Mariana Stretch. He always talks about like, oh, like I have like my on stage persona, and then you know I'm not that crazy in person, or right. you know, right. you know, to I guess keep some sort of mystique. But then again, like you see him live streaming on his Instagram a lot more. Um, it's it's interesting. Like I don't know where that balance is yet. I don't know if there you is know. one. I mean, there might be just this blurred mess that, that yeah, is what's and, happening now. And I know the the people, uh, a couple like peers and friends of mine who uh, will do like, oh, like this is my personal Instagram account. This is my musician Instagram. Yeah, account. I've seen that too. Yeah, you know that's I don't know. Like that's I just have one Instagram account really. Uh, for me, like Dane Bjornsson is Dane Bjornsson. That's yeah. just kind of where it all is. Um, but again, yeah, it's just finding that line, I guess. Eh? 
Yeah, whether whether there's a way to, to to separate it or not, I don't know if there is at this point. I think we're mm-hmm. we're too far gone that that now everyone's lives is 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 their persona online, and it's just it's just the way it is. Well, again, I being on TikTok, like the government has has it all on me now. Like they they know <laughs> they know everything. Yeah, it's all out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I think that's one. Of the, I keep waiting for this. Like, we're gonna get to a point in the not too distant future where every single person running for office in every election has some kind of embarrassing TikTok or MySpace oh, or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and it's all yeah. gonna come up. And there's not gonna be anyone exempt because you know you get people who are your age, between your age and my my age, even. And they've had, even me, I've had like, you know, a decade and a half of social media has existed, basically, you know, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I've done, I've said dumb stuff. I'm sure if I ever ran for, you know, whatever, someone could easily dig through and find, they could listen to this show oh, and yeah. find me saying some really ridiculous, idiotic <laughs> ideas. And then, you know, put that in a loop and play it and I would lose. It's, we're getting to a point just, where everyone's going to be that. Yeah. I just, I find it so ridiculous when... Was it like that whole Kevin Hart scenario? He's trying to host the Emmys and right. he said something a little controversial. It's like, yeah, but that was like, what, eight years ago? Do you think I'm that same person? It's just, uh, it was, it's a snapshot in time, but those snapshots are in a photo album that we call Facebook and Twitter are, yeah. and Instagram. It's so, it's, yeah, it's it's wild. I don't know. My parents were like smart enough to monitor my social media yeah. use like yeah. for the first until they're like oh, okay you're a capable human being now yeah uh, i do <laughs> you know, i do that with like, my kids too my kids use very little social media but oh, i mean oh, they definitely. have extremely limited people they can talk to and i check what they're doing <laughs> and stuff and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. not, not, not that there's anything bad with people saying dumb stuff when they're young because it happens but i just think it's funny that we're gonna end up in a point where suddenly every single notable person ever has, has said something offensive or dumb or something they regret on social media at one point or another and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be I, fun to watch I, well well rather you you run for political office or just like are on a dating app or someone it's like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a date with this person wait what person well did you know that uh, 2020 they were on a podcast (laughs) and they said this yeah yeah (laughs) for sure so if uh if people are hearing about you for the first time on this show and they want to find out more about you know obviously there's no no live stuff happening right now but they want to check out your music find out what you do have coming up in the future what's the best option for them yeah um well, I've got uh, tons and tons of stuff on uh, on social media, and I've just been content creating like crazy. Uh, but my YouTube channel is is very very uh, dense. There's a lot of things <laughs> there, and li- like I was talking about, if if you're listening along here, uh, the progression. If you want to see kind of the progression of me, uh, I'm personally proud of like everything, maybe like 2017 and on. But okay. uh, you, <laughs> it's it's all up there. You 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 listen. But uh, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel, uh, Dan Bjornson Music, everywhere on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, TikTok, uh, just at Dane Bjornson. Okay. Uh, I've, I've also got a website, danebjornson.com, where there is uh, some fun stuff as well. Uh, and uh, I guess I do have, there is a, a little virtual concert series uh, coming up that I should uh, should do a little plug for. I'm just sure. going to yeah, pull go up exactly what that is. Um, but it's a friend of mine from Humber uh, named Harrison King, and he's putting together a uh harrison king and friends home for the holidays uh, it's a free virtual concert cool um it's taking place december 19th at uh, 7 p.m central time so i guess the, yeah that's, when that's where time. we are yeah, uh, yeah, yeah 7 p.m uh 6 p.m i guess i don't gotta say anymore that's 6 p.m for me but right. uh, i'll be home at again, that yeah, point yeah is there info yeah, about but, that on your uh, website that's... or anything like so people can check that out uh you know what I- i'm gonna put that that info <laughs> On the website by the time uh, the podcast right is on, out, right on. Sure, yeah. you know? <laughs> cool, I've cool. got the bands in town thing uh, on the on the shows, and it's like, oh, there's no shows, but I guess 
that's a show. It's a show. So, it's a show. Yeah. yeah, cool, that's, cool. That's happening. I know uh, Maria Aragon's going to be part of it as okay. well. Cool. Uh, she's a uh, pretty, pretty Winnipeg famous there. So be sure to come check it out, December nineteenth. If uh, if it's out by then, I suppose. I think it Maybe. will be. Yeah, this, this should cool, be out cool. by then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the actual album itself, where can people find that? Yeah, you can find that uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Deezer, Amazon Music. Everywhere basically those things, everywhere. Yeah. There's no physical copies yet. Yeah, every one of those stream platforms. There's no physical copies yet, but I am hoping to print some CDs uh, by the time live music is allowed again, and awesome. I will probably always have some on me at that point. That's great. Yeah, glad to hear it. As someone who only listens to physical music and has not got into the whole Spotify and all that stuff yet, I'm always happy to hear that people are putting out CDs or tapes or records because there's 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 this dwindling audience for it, but we're st- we still exist. And it's just something about it, uh, just having it in your hand as there well. Is. Like I know whenever I whenever I go to a concert, um, and they have CDs at the merch table, like if, you know, I I just have to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still a little like I'm still holding on to analog technology. I have a VHS player out here right on. <laughs> that my auntie Cindy gave me. She was just cleaning out the garage. She's like, "You want this?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now I got some classics: Ferris Bueller. Nice. Um, Jaws four, the revenge. This time it's personal. That's a, a that's the worst of the four, isn't it? I yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it at a VHS or a, a, a thrift store, and I was like, I think I I need to have this. Right on. <laughs> well, yeah. Again, like hopefully, you know, this this pandemic ends relatively soon, and you can get back and play shows in Winnipeg at some point in the uh, foreseeable future. That would be nice. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's so up in the air right now, but uh, I'm glad to hear you're still. First of all, keeping in touch with Winnipeg music scene, even though you're out there in Alberta, and you know, still obviously working on making music and getting the word out, and, and trying to find creative ways to to get your stuff heard. Yeah, thank you. I, I hope to be performing somewhere sometime soon, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on. Probably don't know But when I come back home I want to take you out for coffee or tea Or whatever you need to feel at home Cause I've been so caught up To let go of that summer night in August where we pretended to be alone. Close the door to 
those summer days I left them to be Nothing more to me than a memory But what's past is in the past And I wish it could last Saturday I kissed you and we made that summer night more than a memory It left me me